Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Uh, presented by Progressive Insurance, I got a million things. What can I tell you? I got a million things going on here that I want to get all in in this hour. So we're going to fly through a few different ones because I have a lot to say about a lot of different things, including the fact that, Hembo, you are mm-hmm. a fraud. You're, so? you're a fraud. You're a disgrace. You're an embarrassment. You're a lot of things. And? I just feel a need to say this. And you know that I love you, so I say this with love. But? So earlier, you described the strike zone in Major League Baseball as being subjective. That's right. That's something that each umpire should have their own. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that everyone understands that you are a man who has now described the rules of baseball as subjective. Mm -hmm. But you have many times told me that the unwritten rules of baseball must be followed to the letter. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have a six-run lead in the eighth inning, (laughs) you better not steal a base. So there's no sub, there's no room for subjectivity there, or for for for, for subjectivity there. Uh-huh. You must follow those rules objectively. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that in baseball we must follow the unwritten rules. It's the written ones that we can kind of fudge a little. Yeah, I mean the the home plate. It's you know it's height and it's width. Eh, up for interpretation. But if you hit a home run, you better not enjoy it. (laughs) So I just want to make sure everyone understands that that felt I just felt the need to say that out loud. The next thing I want to do is I want to completely agree with LeBron James. LeBron James said something and I completely agree with it. And in fact, it validated my own vote. So when I went through my postseason awards ballot, you heard me say that I voted Darius Garland most improved in the NBA, I voted him number one. I voted um, uh, uh, Desmond Bain number two and DeJounte Murray three in my most improved ballot. And then John Morant won the award. And I will tell you that my researcher on the NBA is a kid named Matt Williams. Great, great guys. The hembo of NBA does a fabulous job. And I enlisted his help when I was doing my ballot. And he brought up the name John Morant. And I thought about it. And I thought the criteria of the award, he has improved dramatically he fits the criteria in that regard but I thought and I said this to him and it is the reason I did not even put him in my top three that award is not meant for a player of his stature John Morant is was borderline first team all NBA and he was on my second team all NBA he is a superstar in the league the most improved player is not meant for a player of that stature and I know that I kind of took that on my own and went there and he winds up winning the award, and that's great. And he actually wound up giving the award to Desmond Bain. But LeBron James agrees with me. LeBron James tweeted, and now my screen just updated, so I've lost it. But LeBron James tweeted, I told you, John Morant, too good to be... I've lost the tweet, but he basically said exactly the same thing. John Morant is too good a player to be in the most improved conversation. If you can find that for yeah. me... Like, I, it was on my Instagram, and now it's gotten reshuffled. You're doing a good job with your screens today. It's 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 on um it's on ESPN Plus. But like like I there said, Ja too special to be in most improved conversation. Rising superstar. Yeah, there's no way Ja should be in the MIP talks. He's a flat out star and always has been. I I agree with that. 
I don't think that award belongs there for to a player like him. So I, I actually agree with that. Nuno, do you? If you had a vote this year, would you have voted John Morant most improved? No, I think that's the cheat code. It's it's unfair. He shouldn't even been like no. That's right. I like that. How about you? I have no issue with a player of his stature winning it because of the history of the award and some notable players who have won that who award. Who has won? Giannis. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Who have won the award? Notable players who have won that award include Giannis. <laughs> uh, do not sidetrack me in your pronunciation when I have this many things going on. P- just do me a favor and say the players who won the award. The, pl- the players who were uh, credited with this recognition <laughs> okay. include Giannis, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Tracy McGrady, amongst others. I mean, this is a an award that surprisingly does include a lot of greats, a lot of potential Hall of Famers. I don't okay. know why we should penalize him for being too good. I mean, there's no... Was there any uh, criteria that the NBA gave you that I didn't look at it. I don't know. Good? But the one thing I will say is that I did see that they gave him the trophy. He seemed proud of it. And then Desmond Bain found it in his house that night. <laughs> so he, he brought the trophy over to Bain's house and gave it to him. And that's who I thought it should be. By the way, it's being pointed out on my screen that LeBron, big emoji guy. Used a lot of emojis in that tweet. Huh. He's 37 years old and he used a lot of emojis. Do we think that he's too old to be using emojis? I don't know, but he, he's a little older than you at this point. I don't know if he uses memes or gifts. <laughs> I don't think there's any reason for him to use the star and the brain. Like that, to me, like the word in that case is more powerful than the emoji, don't you? Um, I don't it's know. Case by case. One way or the other. LeBron is right. He, like I, are those kinds of rare geniuses that will not be fully appreciated until long after our time. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Next. Hembo, you have an interesting theory that you shared with me in the office this morning. I do. On what happened last night in Memphis. So the play by Dylan Brooks, where he, I'm not sure what you describe it. He clubs Gary Payton II in the head, and Payton winds up going down awkwardly on the elbow, and he's got a fractured elbow. And, and, and clearly, he's done for the rest of this playoffs, which is a terrible shame. And Brooks is ejected, flagrant two. We'll see if he gets suspended even further than that. You have an interesting theory on why that happened. Go. Yes, you should not blame Dylan Brooks for Gary Payton fracturing his elbow, you should blame Draymond Green. Draymond Green, who in game one, obviously received the flagrant two, was ejected, made a huge deal about it, went on every podcast he could find over the next couple days, defending himself, made a whole thing, right? Makes a whole thing about it. And so, naturally, Clay Thompson even said, this game is going to be a physical one. They knew it was going to be like this. And then Gary Payton fractures his elbow because the Grizzlies felt they had an opportunity, a need, to retaliate. I like to make everything a baseball comparison, Greeny. And this is one of the reasons why you don't pimp your home runs. Because if you pimp your home runs and you piss off the pitcher, then one of your teammates, teammates might wear one. By doing that, you are acting in your own best interest. And what you're doing, though, is, is I guess sort of selfishly making it about you rather than thinking about the big picture of the series. And I'm willing to say that if, um, if Draymond Green had not made such a fuss about that Game 1 incident, that Gary Payton would still be playing. That is a fascinating theory. Nuno, what do you think of it? I mean, I think he's wrong. I mean, I, I, I this like This is why the, people shake nerds. I, I, I like the, the, that you're all in on and you're trying to sell it. But, like, I would think <laughs> if that happened to Draymond, I would say, yes, you were right. But that was, it didn't happen to Draymond. I just think it, 
it was a dirty action. It wasn't, I don't think he's a dirty player, Dylan Brooks, but I think it was just one of those, you're going to try to contest that that layup, and, and unfortunately, uh, Gary Payton got hurt. But, like, I, yeah, no. Stop. My initial inclination is to agree with Nuno, but the more I've thought about it today, do I think that they said to themselves, we're going to take somebody out because of Draymond? No. But do I think that the intensity level has stepped up that there's a little bit of, we're not going to let them punk us. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let them do that to us. Mm-hmm. We're not letting Draymond do They're not coming in our house and doing that. Because there was a lot made of the fact that after Draymond pulled down, um, uh, who did he pull down the other day in, in the game, in game one? The uh, jersey? Yeah. Pulled, wasn't that Brooks? Was it Dylan Brooks that he pulled down? I can't remember now. It doesn't make any difference. Was it Brooks that he pulled I th- down? I thought so. How could I now all of a sudden not remember who he pulled down? It was down? three days ago. It was three days ago, and I was watching the game when it, it happened. Yeah, it was Dylan Brooks. It was Brooks. That actually adds more fuel to it. Because do I think there was an element of, man, I didn't do anything. I didn't fire back on him. None of my teammates came running over. Do I think at some point there may have been a conversation? Brandon about, Clark. I'm sorry, it was Brandon Clark. Okay, it was Brandon Clark. Thank you. I didn't think it was Brooks. So, so, but it doesn't matter. Either way, the point is, do I think that there may have been Nuno? Do you think there may have been a conversation somewhere in the 36 hours between those two games there, the, the Grizzlies got together and said, not in our house, they're not. We're going to send a message. We're going to make a physical play. We're going to do something like that. Now, do I believe in any way that they intended to knock Gary Payton out for the series? Certainly not. But in basketball history, there is a long and rich tradition of sending a message with physical play in the painted area. That's, that used to be part of the game. Candidly, I miss it. And I think that there may have been some of that at play last night. Nuno, your thoughts? See, I think the key word for you is used to be. And I don't think based upon the way that the NBA is refed that you could have that mentality of, hey, hard fouls, hard fouls, because a hard foul could turn into a flagrant two. So I think it may be the let's be a little If Gary Payton doesn't get hurt, Nuno, if Gary Payton just bounces up, is Dylan Brooks thrown out of that game? Yes, because I think refs are ve- – everyone is human, and I, we hate humans, right? Is that <laughs> they realized, oh, we you know, we ejected. We gave Draymond a, a flagrant two on Sunday. We now have to give him, uh, Dylan Brooks a flagrant two here. So I think he would have gotten it just based upon that. I think that's right. I, 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 don't, I don't think that Draymond's should have been a flagrant two. I think last night's would have been. Here's all he did. What Draymond Green did in game one is just open up the can. What he, has, what he has effectively done is said, okay, this is going to be this kind of series. And the Memphis Grit, look, in game, if you plunk somebody in baseball in game one of a series, the pitchers talk, we're going to own the inside part of the plate, and if, you know, if a pitch just so happens to get loose, ah, so be it. What Draymond Green did was open up his teammate to this possibility. And in an honest moment, I think he'd be willing to admit, meh. That, Maybe it wasn't quite worth because it. Because he might be the guy doing it on the other That's side, right. but he clearly can't do it as we go forward. Play, uh, playoffs are here on ESPN Radio tonight. Suns Mavs presented by Indeed, 930 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. All right, a departure coming up next. The biggest change we have ever seen in sports is in full effect, and we need to make sure we're good with it. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie hi greenie with you here on espn radio presented by progressive insurance we will do who you got coming up with bubba in a little while but I, i mentioned and i do not think this is overstating the case at all that what we are seeing right now is the biggest change we've ever seen in sports. It is in full effect. And I will admit that at times I sort of gloss over some of these stories without stopping to really take in just how significant they are. But I, because I have had a voice in all of the sports conversation for a very long time, have been talking for a very long time about whether or not collegiate athletes should get paid, should they have the right to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness long before NIL were letters we talked about. We talked about them being able to sign autographs for money and take pictures for money and open auto dealerships for money and all those different kinds of things. Do commercials. The professionalization of sports, I suppose, is is what we would have described it as at the time. Well, is everyone paying attention to the degree to which that has now happened? Like there are some stories that we've seen in the last little while that are really quite remarkable. One of them took place while I was at the draft. There was a Miami, University of Miami basketball player whose agent said that the player was going to enter the portal by Friday if he didn't get the NIL deal that he was looking for. Basically said, my client is going to want out if he doesn't get the money that he's looking for here. Now, That's exactly what happens in pro sports. And 
I suppose it was the logical conclusion of this change in collegiate sports. And as one who campaigned for changes at least like this, I can't sit here and say it's a bad thing, I don't think. But I don't think I expected it to get to that point this quickly. There's been no, nothing gradual about this change. And so I guess I just want to take everybody's temperature. Like, are we good with this? Because this is not the offensive line opening up a car dealership in Lincoln, Nebraska. Here's a story from Sports Illustrated. College football's biggest donors have orchestrated business ventures that are distributing five, six, and seven-figure payments to athletes under the guise of endorsement opportunities and appearance fees. NIL has quickly evolved from its original intent of star athletes sponsoring a local business to crowdfunding models doling out four- and five-figure payments for appearances. And there's some guy in here who's in the, in the industry who says, quote, based on what we are hearing, fifty dollars to $100,000 a year seems to be the average rate. The numbers are startling. Open Doors, arguably the biggest sports tech platform in the NIL space, manages 12 collectives that have raised nearly $50 million combined. By year's end, they expect that number to be over $100 million, or roughly $10 million per collective, which is a virtual player salary pool of cash tagged as NIL. So to be clear, the quarterback of the football team who is in high school can be told by insert school here, I'm not going to attach any. Listen, we've got $10 million waiting for you to come play quarterback here. Now, again, maybe this was just the logic, the logical conclusion of the change that I myself campaigned a long time for on these airwaves and others. But I just need to make sure we're all good with this. Like, are we all good? Hembo, I'll start with you. Are we good with the quarterback of the college football team? And I'm just using that as an example. A, getting a million, two million dollars a year in compensation for essentially nothing, but let's even say it is for something. Slash basketball players saying to their schools, you have till Friday to find a way to come up with this amount of money or I'm going in the transfer portal. Are we good with that? Yes and no. For much, for much too long, college sports were way too conservative in this space. But we have so quickly swung so far the other way that I think we have to encounter a reckoning at some point and probably some point soon. You, what, has, what this has become, in effect, is the Wild West. And it's going to be very difficult to enforce anything without some guideposts, without more rules. That's the problem here. Like, it's like with the preponderance of te- technology... The government was just so far behind being able to regulate anything. That's what this strikes me as in, in some sense. I think that a person, one of the great things about America is that a person can be paid what the market says they're worth. And I think the same should apply for a college athlete. But there's also a big difference between NIL and pay for play. And the big thing that you're finding here is that so many people, most of them talking off the record, are saying, yeah, this is just pay for play. And that's something that I'm not good with, or at least I'm not sure that I'm good with. So I think there has to be a reckoning that comes down it the line. It clearly is pay too. for play. Yeah. Let's be clear. It clearly is that. These kids are not getting a million dollars because their endorsement is worth a million dollars. <laughs> They're getting a million dollars because a fat cat big wig booster mm-hmm. wants that kid to come to this school instead of that school. So Nuno, well, let's just very quickly ask you, are you good with it? Are we good? I, mean, I can think of no more sophisticated way to ask the question than are we good with this? 
make as much money as possible while you can. So, yes, I'm good with this. Okay, fair enough. If you're not good with it, Bubba, is this a reasonable thing for me to say? Would it be reasonable for me to say, if you're not good with it, blame the leadership of the NCAA? Because by fighting every reasonable step in this direction, you had all this pent-up stuff that instead of letting little tiny incremental reasonable advancements be made, you had to be dragged into the whole enchilada, Mm. which is to say, I wasn't willing to give you a dollar, so now we had to overturn the entire system to where now I got to give you $100. If they had given him a dollar in the first place, it may not have ever gotten to this. The outcry may not have been so loud and so um, meaningful. Maybe this doesn't go to the courts. Maybe the, the government doesn't get involved. Maybe a lot of the things that happen don't happen if a turkey sandwich didn't result in a player losing his eligibility. Bubba, is that a reasonable way to look at this? Yeah, I think that's probably the main point here because they were so adamant that it was never going to happen, never, no, 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 always no. And so it always had to be the, you know, behind the, the side door deals and all this, the secret deals and all the stuff that wasn't happening. And now to Hembo's points, the Wild West, and I think they brought it upon themselves. And if they did kind of do it step by step by step, Maybe it would have been just pretty normal, but now it's just so insane. And I think I kind of have to hope for, like Hembo was saying, maybe a market correction mm. where it kind of dials back a little bit and gets a little normal. But right now, yeah, it's just kind of insane where people are just kind of, the players are completely dictating what's going on. But I think, yeah, the NCAA kind of brought it upon themselves by just being so adamantly that it's never going to happen. Absolutely not. And all the sandwich stuff and the, and the cheese, everything was just, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. That's, that's a penalty, all that stuff. And this is what happened. It's their fault. In case, unless you should think I'm kidding about that. I distinctly remember a day on Mike and Mike where we went through the rule book and talked about how when the players received bagels, that butter was okay but peanut butter was considered a meal. What was the right. story that Insane. you had? You hosted a Northwestern student athlete at one point. Yeah. And I remember you saying you weren't allowed to buy him something. Breakfast. So, so yeah. So, I have a, a standing agreement with uh, the football coach at Northwestern that if we have a kid on the football team who was in the journalism school, the Medill School of Journalism, of which I am a very, very proud alum, is, is not a traditional um, major for uh, athletes because it's very time-consuming. And we had a kid. I couldn't remember the last time we had a Medill kid on the football team. We had a very good player named Jared Thomas. Um, and they called me and said, hey, could this kid come shadow you for a day? And I said, I'll do you one better. Oh, no, they said, could he talk to you on the phone? I said, I'll do you one better. Let him come shadow me. Let him come spend a day with me. I'd love to host him. The amount of hoops we had to jump through to make that happen, and we did make it happen, but the compliance office had to become so involved and one of the things that we determined was because it, could, it was an educational experience, I couldn't pay for anything. Not, I mean, his transportation, forgetting that, I could not buy him an omelet. So I remember Erica, my, my assistant, mm-hmm. would always go get me an omelet while we were doing Mike and Mike. And I would always, to this day, I always say, who wants something? You know, I would get you an omelet, get Brandon, whoever. Make sure, Greeny, whatever you do, you do not buy him any food. And I was not going to break that rule. I'm not going to be the reason that Northwestern goes on probation. I mean, I'm the, you know, I'm not. So we were ridiculous. And I was like, you know, I just want you to make that sure you That would be a hell of a story. Remember that? <laughs> but you were there, Bubba, that day. I was yeah. like, no matter what happens, 
Bring your own money for food. I'm not allowed to pay right. for you to get some eggs Crazy. while you're sitting here from 5 in the morning until 10 in the morning. If you wanted breakfast, I could not contribute to that. At, with, with, at the ESPN cafeteria, I think an omelet is $2, you know, because all the costs are, you know, cut down a little bit. I don't even know how much it costs. What does it matter? It's certainly not $100,000, <laughs> right? I couldn't get the kid an egg white omelet. So, like, that was the rule. And now, because you wouldn't let me get that kid an omelet, you have now been put in a position where the quarterback has to get a million dollars. And so if if there's anyone to blame, it's them. You like to use the term unintended consequences, and I like it. There are obviously going to be a lot of those here potentially, but my question is, do the the people, the organizations, et cetera, that that hurts, don't you kind of consider those things to be kind of... I don't know, victimless crimes here? Like, who, who really suffers because these players can earn more money? Are we squeezing teams that all, you know, you know, with, with lower budgets? Like, for example, Northwestern. I think competing. coaches lose complete control over their world. And those people like to have total control over everything. But I'm not convinced that's a bad thing. No, for I'm, not, I'm not either. That's what I'm those asking. Those are the people who are going to tell you it's a bad thing. Right. No, I, I, I wonder if it does impact. You know what? I'm... I'm I have to put a pin in this conversation. We'll come back and, do, uh, and finish it, and then we'll do who you got because I'm just up against the clock here. There's so much to be said on this topic. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll get back to that, um, the college topic we were on in, in just a moment here, and then we will get to the traditional Wednesday, who you got with Bubba. Uh, but first, I heard about this soundbite yesterday. I haven't seen it. This is Masai Ujiri, who is the president of the Raptors, and there are rumors that the Lakers want to hire away Nick Nurse, who was their excellent coach. And I guess Masai Ujiri had this response. No team has contacted me, and I see all the stuff that uh, you guys see. I dream like they dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want Messi. I want Ronaldo. I want Kobe Bryant. Yeah, so they can 
they keep dreaming, I dream too. Oh, I'm not going into that, Grange. Okay. <laughs> hmm? How I dreams, just like the Lakers. <laughs> I like that. I, I like the way he put that. Nick Nurse is an excellent coach. Let me ask you an honest question. Sure. If Rob Palenka, if he's even the person that would do this, calls Masai Ujiri and offers him Anthony Davis for Nick Nurse, are we sure that, that the Raptors would not say yes? Who would, would be... Which no. one of these two people will win a championship next? Nick Nurse as a coach or Anthony Davis as a player? It just depends on whether or not Anthony Davis would get, would get a ring for the, for, the, for the championship his teammates win for him. I mean, Nick Nurse is, for my money, one of the five best coaches on the planet. So I'm, I'm, I, would guess, I would guess them. I think they're building something nice up, up there. So what you're saying is Anthony Davis for Nick Nurse, who says no? Yes. <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> like your a question. Top, but that's how much he gets hurt. The Raptors how, say no. I do too. I think Nick Nurse is I Don't be good. ridiculous. No, the I'm, Raptors would trade Nick Nurse no, for Anthony not. Davis. Yes, Anthony they Davis. would. No way. Yes, they would. He, would, he, he coaches 82 games a year. No, there's no way in the world. Nuno, help me here. There's no way in the world they wouldn't trade Anthony Davis for Nick Nurse. <laughs> yeah, they'll do it in a heartbeat. They, they would, and then they're going to lose. They won't be as far. That, as, I'm not saying they do be it's right. The, they, a lot of people get things wrong, but you get if you can get Anthony Davis for any coach, you could trade him for Red Auerbach. I'm still taking. I think you take Anthony Davis. Oh, by the way, Phil Jackson, who was the winningest coach of all time, is one of the people consulting the Lakers on this. <laughs> did you see that? I did. I did. I don't know what to make of that. Is Phil done coaching, by the way? Are we sure? Yeah, Phil's Phil, done coaching. He can, it, right? physically can't do it. He, he is. He is. Um, he, I've, I've heard. He's really a mess physically, um, which is a terrible shame because I, I really like him. The big question mark in that is, you know, his relationship historically with LeBron is not very right. good. So what does that mean for all this? Who the heck knows? The, the other question I'd be asking myself if I'm a fan of the Lakers is, who is running that ship? Like, what is going on? Why are we consulting so many people to make decisions a basketball team should know how to make by itself? We continue in 15 seconds. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll do who you got with Bubba in just a moment. I want to clean up the, the rest of the conversation about the college stuff um, before we do that, and then we'll do who you got. So there's still lots to come, and that's after this quick word from Masterworks. You know, Mark Cuban, love him or hate him, he's a game changer. Like his Mavericks, only two losing seasons. Cuban turned ten grand into $5 billion. He sees ahead of the curve. He's literally a baller. So when he makes a move, you watch. And he has found a new market with a global value of $1.7 trillion, and you can all get a piece of the action. Up till now, it's been locked off only for billionaires. But now all you need is a smartphone. It's not betting. This is way more impactful. It's called Masterworks. They've already got over 360,000 members on their platform. They're ahead of the curve, just like Mark Cuban. Our listeners get priority access, so you can skip the wait list by going to masterworks.io and enter the promo code GREENY. See important Regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. That's masterworks.io promo code GREENY, masterworks.io promo code GREENY. There's no guarantee of profits, and investing includes risk of loss. So let me very quickly say, Hembo, you asked a very good question about the college stuff which is to say who's being harmed by this. The people who are most upset by this are the traditional, the people who have traditionally had all of the power in collegiate sports. And they are also the ones to blame. Not only did the NCAA fight, scratch, claw, and kick to keep any little tiny reasonable adjustment be made to the player's ability to make some money slash not be completely hamstrung as collegiate athletes, but this transfer portal that all the coaches are complaining about right now, oh, this is so terrible. Every single coach 
Whoever kept a player from transferring who had very reasonable reasons to want to and said, well, you can transfer, but I'm going to eliminate from your list of possible places to go this school and that school, and you can't transfer in the conference, and you can't go to someone we deem a rival, or we can't do this or that. Exercising a degree of control over a kid's life for no good reason except the fact that you can, you're to blame for this. Or at minimum, I'm delighted it's now happening to you. Delighted. I've done this on the air a million times, and I have, I have at least two head college football coaches who do not speak to me as a result of it, and fine. That's a conversation I don't need to have. Because when you do that to a young person, you have to recognize the jerk in it is you. Let these kids go play where they want to play if they want to. And the, the, the idea that you put restrictions on it the way you did when you didn't have to was always completely unfair and unreasonable. And so now you deserve the wild, wild west that it has become. Because if you had allowed reasonable adjustments, if you had allowed reasonable circumstances, then they wouldn't have been fighting so crazily to get everything. If you just gave them something, they wouldn't have needed everything. Or maybe at least it wouldn't have gotten there this quickly. So I have no sympathy for those people whatsoever. Zero. Does that conclude that part? You want to get to who you got? Is there anything else? I, you think, I think I need? you tied it up nice. All right. We'll, we'll leave that there for the moment. But th- this is a huge picture topic right now in sports, and it's one we certainly will continue to cover. But let's have some fun. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. Who you got brings in Bubba. And, and as I, I think by now most people know, but Bubba, before he came here to work at ESPN and went into his – a uh, somewhat legendary career in radio production. Bubba used to work for the CIA administering lie detector tests. So no one understands better than he does how to ask a, a provocative question and to gauge mm. the, the, the truth or, or, or falsehood of the response. So he puts together all these questions for me, and I have to answer them honestly, whether I'm prepared to or not. Go ahead, Bubs. All right. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. Now, Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Ryan Tannehill says it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis. How about that? Do you agree? Who you got? See, it's a complicated one. First of all, strictly by the definition of the words, of course he's right. It's not his job to mentor Malik Willis. It is his job, however, to be a leader for his team and to help prepare Malik Willis in the event, at minimum, that he, Tannehill, gets hurt and Willis needs to step in and play. Now, that said, I fully understand how complicated it is to ask a person to assist the person whose specific intention in being brought there is to take your job away. And I think Ryan Tannehill, how old is he? He does obviously does not see himself at the stage of his career where he is a bridge quarterback. He's 33. He's 33. I think he thinks he's got many more years left as the star quarterback, the starting quarterback anyway, of the Titans. And I think it kind of ties together with some other quotes I saw from him in which he talked about how difficult the the loss was last year that they suffered to Cincinnati, how he had trouble sleeping, he had to seek therapy. You know, these these can be very painful, psychologically damaging. And I think all that kind of ties together. So I think he's having a lot of trouble getting past the way his season ended. And if his season had ended differently, I don't know that they would have drafted Malik Willis. So I kind of understand where he's coming from. Would you like to? What I don't really fully understand is why he felt the need to say it out loud. Like, 
Favre famously didn't want any part of mentoring Aaron Rodgers, and it's fully understandable why an aging but not at the very end of his career quarterback doesn't want to be in the role of – he's not Josh McCown. You know, he's not Ryan um, uh, uh, – my goodness, the guy from uh, from Harvard. Other McCown? Oh, Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzpatrick. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's not there to be a bridge. He doesn't see himself that way, so I understand it. He probably could have said that a little more artfully. That's what I think. I also think that he like, – are we to assume that we even want Ryan Tannehill mentoring someone? <laughs> like, what has he, what has he demonstrate? Like, this is not Brett Favre. Brett Favre at that point had played nearly 20 years in the NFL yeah. and was a drop-dead Hall of Famer. I'm not sure I want Ryan Tannehill mentoring him anyway. And he volunteered the quote. That, like, that's fair. He wasn't asked about it. It was like it was, it was a part of a different answer. Yeah. And he just threw it in there. I'm with you. Don't say the quiet part out loud. We'll see. I don't know when Malik Willis gets that job. But clearly, you draft him because you, you think he's eventually going to become your quarterback. Bubba, what's next? Speaking of quarterbacks, let's head out west. Is this Kyler's last season in Arizona? Who you got? My gut says no, but... I don't think if I'm them, I'm ready to just give him the new contract right now. They're by no means obligated to pick up the fifth year option, get on with your life. I mean, you know, he will ultimately have no choice. He can hold out, hold in, whatever it is he wants to do. If he wants to get all the money that he believes he's entitled to, and that I believe he will eventually get, he has to play for it. And if I'm in Arizona right now, let's see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins being out. Let's see what the season looks like. Let's see where it goes. Uh, I've heard a lot of people who are very willing to openly question Kyler Murray as a leader, and I think he needs to come a long way in that. Baker Mayfield got thrown out of Cleveland for not being a good leader. Now, Kyler Murray is better than Baker Mayfield, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. So I, 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 they, they have the luxury of a wait-and-see here. Pick up the fifth-year option and say, yeah, let's go. Let's go win some football games, pal. You're going to win a bunch of games for us. You're going to play great. You're going to get all that money and then some. It's only going to be more next year than than now. So I would call that bluff if indeed there is even a bluff because after the scrubbing of the social media and everything else, Kyler Murray has no choice but to play, right? Yeah, leadership aside, um, Kyler Murray has not improved measurably in any area since he entered the NFL. Kyler Murray isn't 1% better than he was now. Then he was at 21. He's acting like he's a superstar. I'm not here for it. Yeah, I, I agree. He's acting like he is a, of, a, of a slightly different caliber than he yeah. is. I'm a Kyler Murray fan. He's a good player. But I have no issue with them saying they want to see more. But do I think this will be the end of his career in Arizona? No. I think he will be there longer than one more year. Bubba, next. Yeah, I mean, who's this guy I think he is? Dak? <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, Dak waited longer and was better. Dak was, was a better mm-hmm. quarterback through three years than Kyler Murray has been, and they didn't give him his contract, and they didn't even mm-hmm. have the fifth-year option. Right. So I, that, I actually think that is a good comparison. Of course it is. As we were just talking about— Is there any question that you would take Dak over Kyler Murray? None. Like, not even, None. It's not even worth asking None. the question aloud, right? No, no. Is it even worth asking the question aloud? Take your cowboy hating out of the equation. Is there any question that you take Dak over, Kyler? No, let's move on. None. Move on. Okay, fair enough. I want to make sure I have that right. Go ahead. Oh, you got it right. And as we were just talking about a minute or two ago, Phil Jackson, for whatever reason, is part of the Lakers hiring process. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? I just don't understand why this process is so complicated. Like, you've been in the basketball business forever. Figuring out who your coach should be should not be this hard. Why are we asking everyone their opinion? You know, I have a philosophy. I tell my kids this all the time. Don't ask too many people their opinion on something. 
because what happens is now you get two different people who you whose opinions you value who are telling you two totally different things. Now you're worse off than you were when you started. So if Linda Rampus is telling you one thing and Phil Jackson is telling you another, now where are you? And why are you asking either of them? Like, it's not that com- – Rob Palinka, you're a basketball general manager. Freaking hire a coach. It's not that hard. Try and get Nick Nurse. <laughs> if you can't get Nick Nurse, then go on from there. But there's no way – this shouldn't be that complicated. You shouldn't have to ask Phil. There, there, there should be no role for Phil. I love Phil. But you don't need to ask Phil who he thinks should be the coach. Ask LeBron if you want to. That, that makes much more sense to me. You agree? I do. I also hear the name Linda Rambis mentioned often in these conversations. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why. Because that seems to be she's like a consultant. Their fam- the, the family here, though, was just too large. Like, they need to start throwing people out of the reunion, I think, as they're doing this process. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have too many cooks in the kitchen. It's the perfect <laughs> definition of too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, it's who you got with Bubba and Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Bubba, go. All right. It's also uh, today is National Star Wars Day, and if you ask any, it's Star May the Fourth be with yeah, you, right? We'll certainly let you know. Absolutely. I've personally never seen any Star Wars movie, and I'm happy about that. Have you really never seen any Star Wars movie? No, I've never seen one. But I don't like any of that sci-fi, any of that stuff. So that it's not, it's not. It's, but Star Wars isn't really sci-fi. I mean, I mean I, yes, it is, of course. But it's so it's so ingrained in the culture. Yeah. That I'm surprised you've never seen any of them. Right. I'll grant you that. But I just feel like at this point now, I'm kind of dug in where I don't want to, I'm not going to go back. Who was the kid that we had working on the show who cried? He went to see the Star Wars movie the night it opened and cried because he was so happy that it was so good. I think that was Ray. (laughs) It wasn't Ray. It wasn't Ray. Ray does love it, but it wasn't uh, was Ray. It, no, was it Nick? It was a young. Yes, it was Nick Nate. Nick uh. Nate. It was Nick Nate. Nick Nate. We asked him the next morning, "How was it?" And he oh. said, "I cried." Oh my god! Well, <laughs> so I've go never ahead. seen any of them, but I'm assuming you've seen a couple. So I saw the first three. What do you got as your favorite Star Wars? So movie? as a kid, I saw Star Wars. I saw Return of the Jedi, and I saw. Um, the Empire Strikes Back, which is in the middle. I said those in the wrong order. I, I saw Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Th- those were the three original movies, and they've subsequently made, I don't know, six or seven more. I don't even know how many more. Do you, have you ever seen one of these movies? My dad made me watch, I think, the first one. He made like, me watch? Like, he like, really hyped it up, and then like for like 10 minutes, I'm watching like these names scroll diagonally. I didn't understand any of it, and Just, so I never this, watched you, it you were off. You were done with the scroll at I the beginning? I thought the credits were so weird. Like It didn't age well. Um so I've only seen those three. My favorite of those three was always The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I liked that one the best. Uh, most people my age liked Princess Leia when she was in the bikini. Like that was a, a, a very big deal was made was of it? how beautiful she was. And she's in the bikini and she's sort of being held captive by Jabba the Hutt. Does it mean anything to you whatsoever? You're just saying words that are unfamiliar. Okay. Yeah, see, like I, I'm aware of all the storylines. I know what you're talking about. I just yeah. haven't seen them. That that always that ends up being the issue with Hembo. Not only does he have no idea, he doesn't even know like the yeah. the story. Yeah, you're like, speaking well, a different language. Yeah. There was an episode of Friends in which Ross wanted uh, Rachel to dress up like she was Princess Leia with the. Mm-hmm. Curls in her hair. Well, whatever. The point of the I'll t- take your word for it. Let's just answer your question. The Empire Strikes Back was my favorite one. All right. What's next? 133 years ago this Friday, the Eiffel Tower opened in Paris. <laughs> How about that? Who you, who you got as your favorite historic landmark? Okay, so we have this conversation every now and again. I live very close to the Empire State Building. You do? I do. And I point. I, I, I ask this question to people when we see it. Which is a more famous building, the, the Eiffel Tower or the Empire State Building? 
globally. If people see a picture of the Empire State Building and a picture of the Eiffel Tower, which one do they recognize first? The Eiffel Tower, for sure. For sure. 100 out of 100. Power. Over the Empire State Building. Yes. You agree with that, Bubba? Yes. Nuno? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Eiffel Tower or Statue of Liberty? Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower. More famous than the Statue of Liberty? Yes. I think Statue of Liberty. That's close, though. Well, see, that's why you shouldn't ask too many people. <laughs> just like, like, Lin, like, like, uh, like Linda Rambis and Phil Jackson. Yeah, now I've got people arguing both sides of this, <laughs> and I'm not sure who's got the right answer. I, I'm going to go with my favorite historical landmark is the Empire State Building because I see it every single day. Bubs. Who You Got is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Last one. Friday is National Beverage Day. You're sitting down for a nice drink after playing 36. What's your refreshing drink? Who you got? Oh, I mean, you you got to go with the Arnold Palmer, right? Like that, that is certainly the traditional golf drink is to get an Arnold Palmer. Although while I do not drink a lot of beer, that is the one time I like a beer. Like a really cold beer in a frozen mug, a frosted mug after a round of golf. That's the one time I will drink a beer. Fun day today. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.